Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Shelley Dax is an artist, tattooer, author and teacher. She also embraces the nickname Fierce Pollyanna because she's a rebel and a creative misfit but with a positive and sunny disposition. Hi Shelley, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Oh, thank you so much for asking me to be here. You're really welcome and I'm excited to talk about our theme today of women creatives. But would you like to tell our listeners a little bit more about you and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm, I'm a tattoo artist. That's the main thing that I do. But I'm also an artist and a writer and a coach. So I've owned my own tattoo studio for about 14 years. And I also have a tattoo school. So I'm actually teaching other people how to tattoo. Uh, I've been doing that for about eight years. Before that, I was in the theater for years, directing and acting, singing, and all of that as well. So uh, I've had Renaissance girl type of life, which has been pretty neat. I actually uh, read a book a long time ago, gosh, maybe 20 years ago, called What Color Is Your Parachute? People have probably heard of this. There's been like five or six different versions. Anyway, it was a book that helped you narrow down what you want to do with your life basically and um i remember reading that and just it was like art theater singing you know writing all of the things that i am able to do now after many years and i've always been kind of a person who just didn't want to settle for a regular job you know so i've always tried to make something else work and of course, it took a while to get here, but I feel pretty you know, happy with where I'm at now, living a very creative life. Definitely sounds that way. And it sounds like you come from that creative background, you know, going from, you know, being a bit of an uh, actor to doing a tattoo artist. That's, that's quite a leap, isn't it? Like, I know it's all in the creative fields, but how did you actually go from one to the other? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I was actually... I worked for a small theater, a community theater doing administrative type things and a little bit of directing of community theater. And I was actually at the University of Oregon because I live in Oregon, studying to go into administration, arts administration. And in the middle of all of that, well, I was a little bit older than most of the other students that were there. And so in the middle of all that, I was like, you know, I've already been doing theater for like 15 years and everybody else was like between 18 and like 25 and i think i was like 35 or something 36 and i in the middle of all of that i was already going ah oh, geez i don't know if i really want to stay here and get a degree and you know continue going and i'd been going off and on for about six years study and i kept on studying all the things that i wanted to study versus the things i needed to get the degree right so i was taking singing writing playwriting, art classes, and all the fun stuff, spending all my financial aid money. <laughs> and then uh, at one point during the middle of that, I actually, uh, I went uh, uh, to upstate New York to teach at a summer camp. I was teaching theater. And while I was gone, my partner and my daughter 
were like, we got tattoos and we can't wait to show you. And when I came home from this, this trip of two months, I was gone for two months, they showed me their tattoos they were so excited about. And I was like, oh my gosh, those are awful. <laughs> they were so awful. And that's like the first moment in my head where I thought, if I knew how to do that, I could make these so much better because I'd already been painting and drawing for my whole life. So that was really like the first thought. And then I started looking into what it would take. And, and then I ended up leaving the university and going to tattoo school. And of course, a lot of the people around me were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. How could you, you know, turn your back on all this and go to that? So I was crazy. I love that story. Love it. <laughs> so that sort of leads us into our theme today of women creatives and, you know, how you followed, even though you've done lots of different things, you've actually followed that dream of, you know, being in the creative field. So do you want mm -hmm. to describe to our listeners, what do you see a woman creative as being? What sort of defines a woman creative? You know, to me, it, it, it could be anything from somebody who loves, it doesn't have to be art is the point. It could be anything from someone who loves gardening to someone who loves cooking, to, you know, someone who loves interior design. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's got to be painting, writing, drawing, or something like that. that um, and so I think what happens a lot is I meet a lot of women, and I've coached a lot of women too, who get stuck in thinking, I, I, they always say stuff like, I can't draw, you know, like that, that equals being creative or something. Um, and I'm like, well, but you can make beaded, beautiful jewelry, or you can, you know, paint pillows, or I mean, anything. Um, and so for me, I love to be able to coach and teach people who will embrace the idea that they can be whatever they want. And creativity takes so many forms, including even parenting, being a fabulous parent to your children. I mean, that takes a lot of work and a lot of energy and love, you know? So I think whatever... I don't know, you know what it means to everybody else, but I think it's like, if there's something that you love and you feel really passionate about, then you can get creative with that too. Mm, I totally agree. And I found like one of the things you did mention is that when you wanted to change to being a tattoo artist, you, the people around you weren't quite sure what was going on. So there's a lot of that, isn't there? Like sometimes your family go, what? You want to do what? There's no money in that. And yes. they just they yes. see there's not a real <laughs> career, don't they? Well, you know, I have a lot of tattoo students uh, whose, well, whose parents obviously like don't want them to go into that field or really question it for a lot of reasons, not just because it's an art field, but they'll say, yeah, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you, even people who've gone to school for art or painting or something, they'll even be, you know, be questioned. Like, what are you, why are you wasting your money? Why are you throwing away money on an art career? There's no, you're not going to make any money or, you know, or whatever. Um, but man, I tell you, if you are driven to be a creative person, I don't think you're going to let anybody sort of stand in your way, right? <laughs> I mean, you, it, it creates a lot of bumps and obstacles along the journey. Um, for instance, coming to tattoo school, it does cost money. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but... Um, you probably have apprentice. We have apprenticeships in some of the states in the United States, uh, but Oregon and maybe four other states actually require you to go to school. Uh, it has to be a, a school that's certified by the state. So it does cost money. You know, it's different. It's, it's different than just a traditional apprenticeship, but sometimes <clears throat> they can also 
costs quite a bit of money too, and, and also a lot of time. It is interesting to see how many people come through, and I've probably had over, I wanna say maybe over 70 students over the last eight years and listen to their stories of how they got into it and how they convinced maybe like their parents <clears throat> to pay for it or whatever. Some, some did that or maybe some of them actually paid for it themselves or worked and saved, and, you know, that kind of thing. Sometimes it's also, the students are also someone who's been married and has three kids and been doing a job they hate for a long time and they're literally on my applications, I hear this a lot, I've been doing this for so long and I hate my job and I finally decided this is what I want to do and I'm going to pursue that dream. So I love that. It's, it's amazing that, you know, people will embrace that finally. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm with you with that because I've been, I do bucket list coaching and when you get people coming, oh yeah, do bucket lists. You got to do that when you die. I said, no, bucket lists are for now, living now, doing things and actioning now. And when you start working through what they really want to do, it's usually that creative stuff that they've stifled down that, you know, they thought, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't make a living out of that. And then they've changed who they were to have these, you know, serious, I call them serious jobs, <laughs> right. but, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, to do all that serious stuff of life. And suddenly they're going, well, what I'd really love to do is sing. And th this mm -hmm. is a person who's in legal and now they want to sing, you know, and, or there's, there's somebody who goes, oh, well, I just really wanted to have adventures, but I'm sort of with the family all the time. I said, well, why can't you have adventures with the family? So there's a lot of things that people have stifled, I think, and said that they haven't done it, but maybe when they're getting older, they think, well, maybe I can do it. So, which, mm. which is great, but you're thinking, I really would like to enlighten people to, you know, do the things you love. Because I think that's really important. Yes. And you know, what's interesting on that note is that um, people feel like, if they have a real job or a serious job, like you said, that they're stuck and they can't do anything else. Um, for instance, like if somebody wants to be, I don't know, they want to make a movie or something and they feel like, oh, I can't do that. I can't, I have a real job. I have a nine to five. I can't make a movie. I can't, I can't go to Hollywood and be, you know, like a famous celebrity or something. But the truth is you may not get to do that, but you can make a movie. You can get a camera, get some lights, go outside and make a movie. And you can still fulfill some part of what that means to you, whatever that is. For me, um, if somebody, you know, like if somebody had told me that, well, that you couldn't, that I couldn't do what I'm doing now, you know, or I, it's just, it, if I thought that I couldn't do what I'm doing now, I would have done something else. I would have, I would have found some other way of making it work. For instance, theater. For me, I couldn't go to Broadway. I couldn't be, you know, I couldn't be in musicals on Broadway or something like that just because three children and other things going on. But I did local theater. I, I did community theater. I, I even got to the point where I was teaching some theater classes and making $35 an hour, that was like 20 years ago. So that was really good pay back then. And that was at the point where I finally actually called myself an artist because I really was getting you know, paid to do it. But, um, but I did a lot of other things. I did, I did like a theatrical youth troupe and I volunteered for a lot of things in theater. So I really had that kind of fun theatrical life and it wasn't necessary for me to go to Hollywood or for me to go to Broadway. As far as tattooing goes, 
you know, I'm not the kind of person who's actually a lot of a lot of my students are this way. They're, they want to get in all the magazines. They want to travel the world and go to all the conventions and get their name out there and be like number one people. And I'm like, that's not really me. It's not. I mean, I'd love to travel and stuff, but I love to do so many things that tattooing is not just the one thing. But then I ended up writing a tattoo textbook after being after teaching tattooing for like eight years. I spent about five years working on this textbook. If somebody would have told me I was going to do that 15 years ago, I would never have believed it. I've always loved writing. It's been really fun to illustrate it too. Like that's part of what I love artistically. So writing and, and tattooing and illustration all in one little book that I put together. You know, it took me, a, it took me five years, like I said, but who would have thought, you know, that, that I could do something like that. And just, and, and now it's turned into something that sells online, which is awesome. You know, it sells on Amazon. And so I'm making money while I sleep as everybody always jokes about like, you know, the thing to do. It's not that much, but it's something, you know, it's a start. So anyway, I, I, I feel like if somebody really wants to do something, then they're just going to, they're going to do it. They're going to make it happen. Even if it's outside of what they would think, this is what I have to be to express that particular creative desire inside of me. Mm. It's definitely thinking outside the box, isn't it? Because we do get stuck in our box. We think, Oh, this is all I can do. Oh, I'm only going to be successful if I do that. Whereas you got to think about, well, what makes me happy? You know, and that's to me, the success is the journey how you're happy in the journey, how you're moving in the journey, how you're growing in the journey, not so much financial wealth at the end of the journey and that success. So I think that that's a major thing that I like to think about. Now, one of the things that we have talked about is some of the challenges, but I was just thinking too, and I know I've spoken to you uh, prior to our episode today, but it's about the different industries. There are some challenges, aren't there? Because it's not just family support and not going into the serious jobs and things. It's sometimes like you're not in the traditional female creative industry are you what are some of the challenges that you come up with gosh that's that's yeah it's very interesting uh the tattoo industry is very much male dominated all over the world and it has been for a long time probably like a lot of other industries that women have tried to break into and so even when i first started going on almost 15 years ago, um, even though the state had changed to have tattoo schools be a thing instead of old school style apprenticeships, uh, the school that I started at, there was a couple of men there that were just very, well, I hate to even talk about it, but you know, it's just very harassy mm-hmm. and sexist. And, and that made it very difficult. Um, one of the guys that was there, his nickname was Creeper. And I'll tell you... <laughs> That was true. Um, so it has changed. It has changed a lot, but it still has miles to go. Um, I'm fortunate to be in a state where tattoo school is required because in a lot of other states, and I'm sure same with Australia, I know for sure Europe and Germany, because I've talked to some people um, in the other countries, and it's really difficult. Um, I just had a girl from Canada the other day talking about how challenging it is to get into an apprenticeship when there is um, sort of like the gatekeeper and it's usually a man. And if you're a young woman, you know, you feel in some ways I feel for them like they have to just kowtow to what's going on to be able to even get in. 
which is one of the reasons I really want to be out there and start speaking more on that subject to change it. Cause I feel like the tattoo industry, unfortunately is one of the last places where it's weirdly accepted still to, to joke and kind of like have that. I mean, you know, like an apprenticeship in this industry is almost like militaristic or something. There's still, there's some, some strange stuff about it still where you have to, you know, clean the toilets and scrub the floors and do, be, do my bidding and, until I finally allow you to hold this machine, you know, this tool. And uh, I'm the opposite of that and, and advocate for the opposite of that. You know? um, so it does make it somewhat difficult. And I'm actually getting ready to do a online telesummit, like a virtual series of speakers in September. And I'm calling it the Tattoo Sisterhood Revolution. And I'm going to interview mostly women tattoo artists, but a few really cool guys too, because of course they need to be educated, they need to understand, and they need to be aware of what's going on as well, especially if they're the ones that end up mentoring a lot of women. Um, so I'm going to be interviewing these wonderful women. And of course, I've already talked to a lot of them and they're telling me their stories about what's happened to them too, you know, and I can relate to it. Although mine isn't as bad as some other people's have had, had some pretty bad stories trying to get into it and they've survived. They've made it through, they've become, you know, great artists, which is amazing. And they're making money and that's cool. And there's a lot of, I think it must be like, the movements from like the Me Too movement and just a lot of stuff that's going on even right now. People are just like, let's change this. We want inclusivity. You know, we want to make this path a little easier for people. So that's what I'm about. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that revolution because it is yes. a bit of a revolution with, I mean, different industries and obviously, um, I mean, I know I've been talking to a lot of people that are bringing creative stuff into workplaces and things now, which is great to see. But I know there's still some old uh, school type industries out there too. So it's great to yeah. bring that up to, and, and get it out there because I think talking about it is what's going to help. If we just keep, you know, shoving it aside and not talking about it, it's just the same old things will keep happening. Yes, or if they're evolving, yes. it's very at a, at a very slow rate. So I think that's great that you're doing those type of things. And I have seen that people are bringing art into their, their uh, personal development stuff for their staff, which is wonderful. I've, got coaches now that I know that are doing um one's doing mindful mandalas mm. so you, you're bringing that in with the coaching as well and and it's really different because I know I was one of those people that said oh I'm not creative and I was brought up with that all the way through and then I'm suddenly thinking well I am creative it's just probably not in the traditional art drawing mm -hmm. way and when or I did, did your one, tell sorry. you that you weren't creative or did teachers tell you that or something yeah, it was actually teachers because I would put colours together that they go, you can't put those colours together. And I said, why not? I like those colours together. <laughs> <laughs> and it went on from then. That was like when I was about in year two, two or three. I'm thinking, how can you mm -hmm. stop that creative process in a child? And then they, you know, I obviously took that to mean I'm not creative, I'm not arty or anything, so I stopped being creative. And, and yeah. I stopped doing all that thing, those things. And now I've been opening myself up and doing the mandalas. I always wanted to create my mandala and stuff. So I've been opening up thinking, yeah, this is really fun. I don't care if it's not perfect. This is great for me. And that was my outlet. Yeah. So I think it's great that, you know, talking about these things, women being creative and being proud of it and bringing it in, into other areas of their life is just awesome. 
Yeah. yeah, I love uh, the stories of, I mean, I think it was even like Kate Winslet, the actress who, you know, when they, when they make a speech or something, they talk a lot about how a teacher told them they weren't very good or they were too fat or they were this or that. And they are like, rise above, girl. We're just gonna, I'm just, you know, don't listen to people telling you that. You just follow your heart. And which it sounds cliche, but it literally is true, it right? Is. If, you're, if you're talking about people you know, doing their bucket lists now and not waiting, which I love, by the way, then yeah, you know, that's following what's in your heart right now, taking the time to just do little things, write some poetry, whatever, a garden, do whatever you're going to do, you know, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's excellent. All right. Well, our time has gone fast and there's so much more I'd love to talk <laughs> about with women creatives, but it's been wonderful talking to you, Shelley. If our listeners Thank would you. like to contact you or find out more about what you do, where's the best place for them to go to? Yeah, I have a website. So it's shellydax.com, S-H-E-L-L-Y-D-A-X.com. And uh, I also have an Instagram, which is at shellydax as well. Excellent. Well, thank you very so, much. So they can come connect with me there. That would be awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Leanne. Igniters, Shelly is a true creative who has found her place to be. If you want to find out more about Shelley, go to her website, shellydax.com. For more about living a bucketless life, go to my website, leanneblaney.com, or follow me on Instagram, bucketlesscoach.leanneblaney.